We can, no, we're back, <laughs> we're back. You're good, you're good. Um, all right, welcome back to Drinks First. Uh, I have a very fun guest today. He is the co-host of Hinge's Dating Sucks podcast. And I, I'll, we'll get into what you do and who you are, but do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself? Hello, everybody. Yes, um, I guess a little bit about myself. My name is Jonah. I am from New York City. I am currently quarantined with my mom and my sister and my dog. And because I think that's relevant to sort of timestamp this that we're in like, you know, it's May 14th or something. And I didn't, I didn't even realize it was May at this point. I think it's May. I think it's May. <laughs> I had a call this morning. Someone said it was May. I believe them. And yeah, uh, that's that's me. I'm a filmmaker. I guess I'm also now a co-host of a podcast, which is really fun. And I love uh, talking about dating and stuff like that. I love rom-coms. So that's why we're here. Yes. So wait, how old are you for our listeners listening? I'm 29. 29. I'm born August 6th. Yes. I know nothing about Zodiac and astrology stuff. So... That well, I means literally. Listeners. I bet some of your listeners do, though. You know, some yeah, people for sure. Know about that stuff. Oh my gosh, dating podcast is huge. Um, that's not an angle I take because I just literally know nothing about it. But for those who are listening, August sixth. August sixth. Yeah? yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, Jonah, where do you live full time when not in quarantine? Um, yeah, well, I, I live on the Upper East Side. Uh, I did. Um, I'm now obviously here. And I lived in L.A. for eight years prior to that. I went to USC for film school and I stayed in L.A. um, for eight years. And uh, then I got my movie finance and I moved back to New York to go make it. And I lived every I lived in every part of L.A., which was a fun experience. Um, And then when I first when I first finished the movie here, I lived briefly in Williamsburg, which was really fun to kind of get to know that area. And. Then this whole thing happened, and uh, now I don't really know where I live. You know, I don't really know what's happening. Honestly, I think this is that's going to be a question for a lot of people because, you know, for people who are able to work remotely at this point, I don't even know the le- next time I'm going to go into my office. Were you born and raised on the Upper East Side? Um, I was. I was, and so was my mm-hmm. dad, and so um, different parts, obviously, but it's definitely been my upbringing and this isn't like the gossip girl section of the Upper East Side, which I feel like people have this pre, pre, you know, preemptive idea of what it's like. It's more like the East End Avenue, which is like barely, you know, family oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously now there's the Q train, which has completely changed second Avenue for really, I you know, know in, completely in a really cool way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so New York is definitely, it's where I'm born and raised until that LA stint. So uh, the question I ask everybody before we get into it is, I guess, pre-quarantine, what was your favorite or one of your favorite restaurants and where did you like to go out? So this is such a, it's such an interesting question because in my case, because I was living in LA for so long, my, I wasn't up to date on where people went out since I was in high, since I lived in high, you know, was in high school, Mm -hmm. um, living in New York, but Obviously, favorite place to eat is easy. Um, that would be JG Mellon on 72nd and 3rd. Classic. The best. Uh, cash only for those of you guys listening who want to go. And it's the original one. It's not, you know, there's one on the Upper West Side, I believe, in the West Village. And this is the OG one. Although these, the other ones aren't bad. They just take credit card, which I think is kind of weird. <laughs> and then going out, like, I don't know. I, every That's always the question. Whenever I'm with my friends, I'm like... I'm like, where do we want to go? And they're like, dude, you live here. I'm like, I haven't lived here for 10 years. What I, you know, we last time I went out, we were sake bombing and going to pubs because it's the only place that we could go drink, you know, mm-hmm. at that age. But I really like, I always joke about this. I'm a big, I, I guess I like, um, I like Cafe Select, which is a place um, sort of, I think it's in like Soho, Tribeca area, technically. And I really like, this is going to get some hate, but I really like going to the Jane Hotel like three in the morning, <laughs> just as like a last resort. Like you've never not had fun at the Jane. This I, is a, <laughs> this is I think I could definitely say I've not ever had fun once at the Jane. That is hilarious. <laughs> so like we go as a, I mean, it is like a joke. Like we go knowing that it's like mm-hmm. the worst. 
it's like all like 19 year olds and like people who don't, you know, people who are visiting um, from different countries. But me and my friends just have a joke. We're like, all right, it's 3 a.m. What are we going to do? Should we just pull the ripcord, go to the Jane, see what happens? Because it's just kind of like, a, it's just like a stupid place, but it's kind of fun if you're with the right crowd. You dance, there's music. Oh, you know what place I love? There are two places I want to shout out real quick. One is Kind Regards, which I think mm-hmm. I'm on. I'm definitely the last person to learn about this place, but I've had a lot of fun there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my friend has a bar they just opened called August Laura. That was actually, we interviewed them on the Dating Sucks podcast. And it's a really, really great date spot, dinner spot, and going out spot. So on the real, those are the places I enjoy. On the jokey side, but also somewhat serious side, the Jane and Grand Banks, which is on the jokey side, but also fun because it's on a boat. Yeah, everyone loves boats. Come on. Everyone loves boats. Yeah, those are those are great. I love I love kind regards. Um I did get so a jacket fun. stolen there once, which was kind of shitty, but you know It's the price it, we it pay. It it's the price we pay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was it was I'm not gonna say it worth it was worth it. It wasn't, but <laughs> it was still Copy. fun. <laughs> Copy. Yeah, you're like still I'm still kind of upset about that jacket. I was oh, I was like so upset. Um, but it's totally fine. I don't need a jacket anymore. Who's going out? Um, uh, that's, that's right. We got don't need a jacket when you got heat, you know. Don't need a jacket when you got quarantine. <laughs> Hot take. Mm. <laughs> um. Okay, so let's get into your dating life a little bit. So okay. you are now the host of Dating Sucks. What makes you qualified for that? <laughs> that's a great question, and that's the thing I think some people definitely wonder. Um. Well, one, let's reverse and like, I think one of the things that Alana and I, who's my co-host on the show, we are very adamant about the fact that we're not experts. And honestly, being a dating expert is to me kind of a contradictory statement because expert theory is like, all right, 10,000 hours doing that thing. You can be an expert, you know, um, I'm going to now figure it out. You can be an expert uh, interrogator if you've done 10,000 hours of interrogation training, whatever it might be, you know, expert cook, you've done your 10,000 hours. But the whole point of dating is not to date anymore. So in fact, the longer you've spent doing it, the worse you are at it, you know, one might say. And so the approach was, we're not dating experts, but we enjoy talking about it. We enjoy talking about it in a way that will hopefully entertain people, will help people. Um, we're just like the vessels of the data, of the data and the stats. I mean, I think anyone that goes on saying they're a dating expert under the age of 35, no, you're not. Like no one is. Um, but if you can deliver the news in an entertaining way, and you can ask questions that might be provoke, you know, thought provocative, uh, thought thought. What am I? I thought you thought provoking. Yeah, quarantine yeah, does not have my brain working. Um, then I think that's worth something. In my particular case, what I think we the reason we work is because one, her and I used to date each other. Um, two, we're very aligned in terms of like our backgrounds and our work ethic. She works in media, I work in media, and we just enjoy talking with each other and hanging out. And I think, listen, when you, if you're listening to our podcast. There's a thousand dating podcasts out there. Um, you're gonna look for that. You're gonna look for someone that you can latch on to, and someone whose voice you like, and someone you can relate to in some way, and that you want to listen to once a week. So that's the beauty of podcasts. I mean, for better or worse, that's why there's so many of them. But I think that my background in writing movies and story structure and just being creative made for an interesting pairing. Mm-hmm. So what's it like working with your ex? Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call her an ex. She's definitely uh, someone, you know, we went on a couple of dates and we, uh, we, we work great together. I mean, it's just like, it's very, very, there's not, there's no thought about it. There's no, there is, there's like no coworker tension. It's not as if like she's my boss or I'm her boss, or there's any sort of like hierarchy. We report to somebody else ultimately, and we push each other creatively and, we actually really care about each other's dating lives in a cool way. And we're very supportive of each other. And I think the, the it's nice because we've, we tried the romantic thing and we didn't think that worked. So now that there's like that little part of your head, that's always like, huh, this person who's like, clearly I would be me maybe good with uh, that. That little thought doesn't necessarily come into either of our heads, which is, which is nice. Mm-hmm. 
And how did you how did you get involved in the in the podcast? The specifics of how I got involved are really just I had started a I've loved podcasts since ten years ago, and um, I was in LA and I was sort of starting to get to, into the podcasting thing in terms of listening to them, and I started one one with my sister called Los Angeles Ships, and. Actually, before that, Lindsay had invited me to come onto her podcast, and we did that episode at the uh, UGA, and it was a really fun experience, and I got a lot of positive feedback from people, and then I started one with my sister. It was called Los Angeles Ships. It was about dating in LA, and it did really, really well given like our small niche audience, and I think Alana had heard that, and we just talked about podcasting in general. Like We'd have such a great story. It could be so fun. And then Hinge wanted to get into the podcast game in a, in a different way than their current podcast, which because they have mm-hmm. two. And next thing I knew, we were doing it. That's awesome. So, all right, let's talk about your dating life. So okay. you're single, right? That's correct. Technically speaking, yes. <laughs> technically speaking. Well, I don't even know why I said technically speaking. Yeah, I guess I am. <laughs> I just like saying technically speaking. <laughs> And let's, all right, let's see. Let's start from the beginning. What was okay. your most serious relationship? Oh, wow. Okay. A most serious relationship to date has been one that existed um, from senior year college to three years out of college, so like a four-year period of time. And that was my most serious relationship. I was a little bit older than her. So when I was graduated, she was a senior classic me being like oh my god the real world sucks I don't want to be alone all over you all over you all over you she's like whoa 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 get away from me I'm senior in college like I just want to be I kind of want to do my own thing then I'm like oh my god the less you like me the more I like you will they won't they classic power stance Mm -hmm. um but then we kind of like equalized and she graduated this was in LA and yeah we dated for you know on and off there was like some breaks in between there but on and off for about three and a half, four years. And did you, like, what do you think about that sort of power stance? Like, do you think there has to be one person in the relationship who likes the other one more? Um, I think it's like, if, if it's almost like, if you're looking at like a, I don't necessarily believe in the, in the power dynamics. I mean, I think uh, there was like a tweet that we had from the Insta from the pod, hinge podcast where I said something like the one who texts the least, has the most control. And I was obvious, I mean, I was, I was kidding. And, but a lot of people were like, that's so messed up. I'm like, there's a joke. Like, obviously um, it, you need to both. I think it's like, if you, if you look at it at the macro, it's people, you like each other equally. That is the key. I feel like a lot of people have a lot of trouble with the imbalance, especially when they start seeing someone because there are all of these notions of playing games, you know, when you first start dating someone. And I, I feel like more often than not, people aren't straightforward. It's, it's a question of, hey, like, how, how often can I text this person? How much time should I leave between the next time yeah. I'm texting them? Things like that. Um, what, what do you think about that? The playing yeah. games at the beginning of the relationship? I always think that if you know, truth be told, obviously there's a case by case scenario, but if someone's coming to me with tons of questions about what they should do, I, I usually just say you're overthinking this and it's going to fail miserably for you. And you, you know, now a lot of that stuff comes from ambiguity that exists between the person that you're talking to. Like the, the, the playing games goes away when you break down that wall of communication and express how you feel in an accurate way. And I haven't played games, or at least on my end, I haven't played games in like three years, two or three years, because when I was 23, 25, yeah, I was like playing the game. I was waiting for her to text me. I was checking her Instagram. Oh, she was active on Instagram, but she didn't text me back. She liked my photo. That means she likes me. All this stuff. But then, A, in that moment, it's, it means so much. But then five years later, it's the most inconsequential waste of time ever, and what you learn is none of that happens when you just communicate what you're feeling. And also if the person's not going to communicate back to you in an accurate way, peace, you know, it's like, okay, that's not something they're ready to do yet. Either try to 
figure out how to get that communicated properly or don't waste your time on that person. On the Instagram point, do you think yeah. it means something like for for women, and I'm sure you've heard this, they, people pay attention to who watches their story. They think it means something. Mm. What Does it mean something when a guy watches your story on Instagram? So- such a good question, and it's a question we got on one of our AMAs. Let me tell you something right now. Everyone listen up. It does not mean shit. When somebody like, I mean, liking, the only thing that might mean something subconsciously is when someone replies to a story post with like, I'm talking not an emoji. I'm talking words. Beyond a reaction, words to somebody's story post means something, maybe. But every watching stories, I don't know who created this myth that because somebody was aimlessly scrolling on Instagram's algorithm, that means that they like you. I just don't, I never understood that. And like, with that by that theory, there's a thousand people who like me a lot. <laughs> so like, it doesn't make any sense. And by the way, vice versa, doesn't mean they don't like you. If they don't watch their, if they don't watch your story, doesn't mean they don't like you. One has nothing to do with the other. Instagram isn't real. It's an app on our phone. So I, 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 we, I want to be very affirmative and say that I don't know any guy on the face of the earth who's like, yeah, I, you know, I showed her I liked her by looking at her stories. And that, you know, it just doesn't make any sense. And I don't, I mean, you tell me, is that something I should be cognizant of when I look at who, like, if a girl is watching my stories, should I be thinking to myself, she likes, me? she likes me? No, absolutely not. I completely agree with you. (laughs) But I do think it's interesting. One, a few episodes ago, I was talking to someone and he said he he doesn't use dating apps that often. He's on like uh, Tinder and Raya and whatever. And he said that the way that he gets a lot of dates is through Instagram. And I think people call Instagram like one of the best dating apps. And I was like, so what is your strategy when when going to do that? And he said yeah. that he looks at who watches the stories okay. and he will DM them. And if there's like a, a response back, maybe there's a follow, maybe there's something, then it is a way to gauge, you know. I think the Instagram, I mean, that makes sense. The Instagram game is definitely one that I think it checks out, like whether you DM somebody or they like like 20 of your photos, which is like a thing that I noticed. I mean, I'm sure guys do it too, but on my end, I've seen certain random, like women will like just like 10 of my photos. And I'm like, is that just your way of saying I should follow you or hit you back on like a message? Um, mm-hmm. But the, I think that's a, I think that's a real thing. I think it's a, because you know what it is though. It's because it's an easy way. Instagram, while not an accurate portrayal of anyone's live. Uh, livelihood is a way that you think you can get to know somebody and you can idealize them and then you can go message them. And it's like the dating app of choice because you can pick whoever you want. You know, you can go scroll, look, think you get to know them, hear their voice and then message them. It makes complete sense why I think it works. So do you use dating apps? I do. I'm on, um, I'm on hinge. Um, Look, I think I used to be on all, you know, I used to be on Bumble and then Raya, but that was like years ago. I think Bumble really had a fall off. I don't know what exactly happened. Um, I think they're more of like a marketing machine than they are like an actual app that anyone wants to use. Hot take. And that Mm -hmm. is not just because I'm employed by Hinge because I do love Hinge. Um, Raya is poorly programmed. Literally, you open that app up, your phone loses battery in like an hour, which means there's bad code, which means that also (laughs) nobody talks to each other on Raya. Um, and yeah, but I'm on the app right now. It's such a weird time, you know, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's just like, there's, I've lost all motivation to really care beyond like what it's never been more difficult to have conversations on apps. In my opinion, are you on the apps? I, I am on the apps I'm on. So I have the hottest take, which is I don't like hinge, but it's not because it's not. It's kind. Of, it's a personal thing, but it's not because um, my, Hinge is the most popular dating app amongst my friends, my community, like all of my listeners, hands down. We did like a bracket poll, and I totally get why it is. Um, maybe I don't know if you have any insight on how the Hinge mm. algorithm works. I have mm. no idea if you would, but 
I only get people who are my ethnicity on Hinge, which is like not a bad thing. Like I'm not against it, but if I really wanted that, like, I don't know, like you're Jewish, right? You said UJA, like, would yeah. you, like, you would just go on J-Swipe, right? Right, like, right, right. Just... You, you, yeah. That's interesting. I don't know how the algorithm works. I know that the settings um, mean something. Like your parameters mean something. You got to make it say deal breaker. Like I've heard that before that like you got to okay. hit the deal breaker button, but that's strange. I don't know. You can, you can filter out ethnicity on hinge, but it gives you a very weird, like personally for me, it gives me a very weird moral like dilemma oh, there. Sure. <laughs> so sure. I'm like, I just stay away from it. It just doesn't work for me personally. I've yeah. seen it work amazingly for tons of my friends. I think it is definitely doing the most to help people connect in like a more, uh, you know, su substantial way. But because of that, I use Bumble. I don't like it. <laughs> I still use it. But yeah. at this point, it's more like, why am I even dating uh, in this right. situation? Right. Well, you know, we got to be optimistic. We got to stay hopeful. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. That being said, how are you're not really dating during this time, or are you? Huh, I don't know. It's like things I I feel like I can't necessarily like. I feel like it's I'm. I wouldn't really want to talk about it in the sense that like the short answer is like I am, but at the same time, is anything real? Is any? I've never met these people, you know, or this person. Mm -hmm. So. You know, it's got me a bit, and I also like, I'm trying to now, one of the biggest things to happen as a result of this podcast and as a result of the films I'm making is people think, oh, are, you know, it's like a joke, but like, aren't you, are you just using me for research? And I'm like, of course not. Like, that's crazy. But now the more I think about it, me mentioning and bringing up this kind of stuff, even on our show right here with you, would be almost betraying that trust that might be existing with this person, you know, or with whoever so the short answer is yeah i'm going on dates but nothing you know nothing really it's i can't i've never met these people i've never met these people mm -hmm. you know that i'm talking to well for the dates that you have been on are, is there any um advice on how to go about you know this virtual dating mm -hmm. landscape yeah i think a virtual date can be fun i think doing the zoom date and i mean the what we talk about in the podcast is basically acknowledge the awkwardness of it um Something Alana said yesterday in one of our Instagram lives that I really loved was that she's, you know, had a date on uh, something digital where they both acknowledge that they're like, it's hard. Like, you know, at minute 45, you might be there and be like, I really want to talk to this person, but I, I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to say next. Like, I don't know what to say, what to do. So they acknowledged that. They were just like, look, we don't know what to talk about. Like, one of them was like, I ran out of talking points. And that very acknowledgement does two things in my mind. It does, it breaks down that wall, makes you guys more comfortable. It's not personal, right? It's not like you are boring. It's, this is such a weird format. I'm not used to hosting a, a show essentially, which is what we all have to do now. We have to host our own Zoom shows and our own FaceTime shows. And saying that like, I don't know what to talk about. Like that then allows you guys to break down that wall and also be like, all right, let's go play some trivia or let's play a little game on our, you know, let's play cup pawn on our phone or let's go um, do the 36 questions of love or let's go. Like, this, well, those are, those are fun. Have you ever done those before? Yes, I have. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there's a ton of fun things you can probably do on a zoom date, but it's hard to start that foundation of a relationship. I feel like for a lot of people who were maybe dating a little bit before quarantine and have made it through to this point and they're still dating, then there are like activities you can do. You can order food for one another. You can yeah. paint. Do whatever. a puzzle together. Mm -hmm, a puzzle. Lots of, lots of like, I guess, good-ish ideas to fill the void. But I think this quarantine has been a pressure test for most relationships if people were in one before this all happened, whether or not it's like going to last. Um, yeah. For those who are single, like, I mean, I don't know what your situation was before coming in this. Like for me, somebody who's like painfully single, I've just kind of accepted the fact that I'm probably not going to meet anyone for a very long time. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I you can, yeah. 
Well, no, just like meet, no, but like meet anyone. I think the hard, the hard word here is like meet, you know, like you can, I definitely feel optimistic that you can develop. You you have such a nice personality repertoire over FaceTime that like, those are the keys that, you know, that, that make FaceTime dating for us. It's not difficult. Like you're a host of a podcast, right? We can go on a date with someone on FaceTime and crush that, but the part that you will get frustrated about is, okay, well, we've done everything at this point that we can do to really get to know each other. How do we then just get that meeting point where we can get our energies, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's the part that I'm in this. I feel the same as you. I think I'm, you know, I'm just going to be, I don't just like, until this is done, I don't fucking know what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, do you have any advice for people who maybe aren't as like extroverted as you and I? man it's tough i mean i think obviously i wonder if someone who you know i wonder if texting is an alternative for some people who don't want to do on the camera stuff i think now is a great time to find people who you have good texting textual chemistry is a term that we use in the show mm-hmm. um i think it's a very real thing very real thing and maybe little audio messages maybe phone calls like it's 1955 and i think those that would be my best productive advice I mean, what other options do we have? Celibacy, I guess, forever. That's also also part of it, yeah. (laughs) But, okay, so what? how about before we were in this whole situation? Were you dating mostly off of apps, or were you meeting people in person, or were you just not really dating? You're going to love this answer because – it's like a non-answer, but the answer was I moved from New York, or sorry, from LA to New York to make this movie. And it was the most important thing of my life thus far. And when you're doing a film, you don't really have the mental energy for anything else besides what you're about to go make. And uh, even family and friends, you have to communicate. And it's almost like when you date someone who's like a, like a doctor, like a hero, like, you know, like, it's almost like, their hours are 5 p.m. to 5 a.m. Or in in this case, not to compare what I do to doctors because doctors are saving lives. They're amazing people. I'm just making a silly movie about being in New York. But the intensity is very real. You don't really sleep. You don't really think about anything besides the movie. You have no time for anything else besides the movie. And you want it to be good. You're not. It's not a job where, like, I have to go do this. It's what you've dreamt of your entire life. So... I was really not going on that many dates in my New York stint so far, just given the timing and everything. And yeah, there were dates here and there, but then I would say, oh, we're about to start production. So I'm not going to be ghosting you. I'm just going to be literally disappearing from the place of, from, um, from the surface of the earth. My family, my friends, everyone knows this and I'm telling you this. And then after we finished the movie, our post-production schedule, which basically means when you edit the movie, um, I have a really amazing editor named Hannah Park, and she's so good at her job at Viacom that they let her cut the movie on the off hours that she wasn't working her full-time job. So we would edit from six till midnight every night, you know? And so no one wants to go on a date at five and no one wants to meet up at one. And I would like, so there was no dating really there. So anyone I was seeing was either like the off chance that I was off one night and I was like, hey, do you want to meet up for a drink? Or kind of consistent situation micro ships that I've had with people that I was like it's a weekend and we're you know both kind of out and I can make it work Mm -hmm. so I haven't really had the proper experience of dating in New York without the stresses and time constriction of what my job was and I also like people you know a lot of people who have like normal nine to let's just call it nine to nines because no one works nine to five really they're normal nine to somethings. They leave work and for the most part, they can shut it off. They can shut it off and focus and be present. A lot of what I do in my biggest flaw, and I'm trying to figure out how to work on, is turning it off. I don't ever turn it off. I'm constantly working. I'm constantly working on the movie, whether I'm actually doing it or not, or you know, whether I'm editing the computer or writing, or I'm just like, it just doesn't turn off. And I like to think that will end when the movie's done, done. But then there's going to be another movie. So mm-hmm. that, that's my biggest that's my biggest thing when it comes to dating. And one of the reasons I think I've had difficulty dating and sort of finding somebody is that to be understanding of the creative process like that. And while I understand a relationship is a two-way street, 
there is an inherent thing where I'm not necessarily going to give up what I'm, you know, it is, um, my priority right now is, is doing what I've always dreamt of doing. So I don't really care about anything else, which is also one of the reasons I don't care about texting games or who I'm following on Instagram or what they're doing, or should I text somebody back? It doesn't even cross my mind, which in some ways can impact other people in a negative way, which I now realize, which is, again, something I'm working on, which is why I no longer really ghost people or try to have these upfront conversations. And I hate when stuff gets lost in communication because a lot of the problems with dating, you know, you, we do polls. Has anyone ever been ghosted? Everyone raises their hand, but that's, mm-hmm. that's not possible. If everyone's been ghosted, then what's happening here? Because a lot of the time it's just communication issues that are happening and, and not so much people who are trying to be malicious. Um, long-winded answer to a very simple question, but no, I love it. There. So, little let's let's talk a little bit about the movie you're making. What's it about? That I would love. Um, so, the movie is called right now. It's called Dating in New York. I might change the title to Dating Around New York, which mm-hmm. I think would be more serviceable in the story. But it's about these two characters um, named Milo and Wendy who go on a date. It's awesome. Then they ghost each other out of a miscommunication. And then they enter a will they, won't they ship. They basically are like best friends with benefits. Basically the perks of a relationship without actually being in a relationship. It's not about the sex necessarily. It's more about just being in New York and the will they, won't they, and the power dynamic shift and just sort of a cultural stamp on dating in New York these days. I think it's very unique. It's kind of like a Disney movie meets uh, like an I miss you text is like a pitch for it. <laughs> But um, I'm optimistic that people will watch it and and hopefully you know take something away from it. So is your was your role in the movie like director, producer, writer? Like what? I wrote and directed it. I wrote and directed okay. the movie. I'm also in the movie for a scene. I play I play someone who lies about their height on a dating app, which we've all done before. Um, right. For those of you guys listening, I'm six two. Um, if anyone wants them. <laughs> And is that your is that your dating hap- height or is that your real height? It's no, my real height's five eight. I'm not six. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. The uh, it's I wrote directed it. Um, what like where where could people expect to watch it? Was it meant for theaters? Is it going to be for something like a streaming platform? Or you don't know yet. I, I don't know yet, but I think the thing I know it's not meant for is theaters. It's not a movie that I think would be. Like, I would love to see it in a theater, and that's, of course, a dream, but it's not a movie that will ever get people to a theater because it's kind of, like, very niche dating movie. So my dream, knock on wood, is that it gets to end up on a place like Netflix if we're lucky enough. And since you wrote it, was it based off of any personal experiences? Um, Milo, the character, they're both very much me. The Milo character is kind of like this overly sensitive guy who overthinks things and who isn't afraid to send an I miss you text and who is kind of very in touch with his emotions. I mean, the guy character is unlike any character I promise you've seen in a rom-com. He's not like a bro-y, douchey guy, nor is he like this overly emo person. He's just this kind of relatable dude. I, I basically consensus. I, I just looked at my friends and looked at what was going on, and I was like, this is kind of the zeitgeist that I want this movie to live in. But it is not inherently about anything I've ever been. It's not, there's no... There's no scene that was like, I had that conversation mm-hmm. with somebody. But at the same time, the movie is uniquely in my voice, hopefully, in a way that's like, if, if you were to tell me the story of them and I were to retell it to you, this is how I would choose to tell it. Mm-hmm. There's one question I do want to ask is, from what you know about your dating life in New York, the, the little you got to experience before all of this happened and with your work, yeah. how, how did that compare to dating in Los Angeles? Great question. It's so much better in New York. I think really. Dane, oh my yeah, dating in LA is impossible mm-hmm. because in LA, from a logistics standpoint, everyone's very busy, and then everyone lives in different corners of the earth. Where if you don't live next door to somebody, then it's going to take you twenty to thirty minutes to drive to their place. So everyone has their own cars. There's no, you know, there's no spontaneous. Uh, nights where you're walking by a group of guys or girls and you're like, hey, you're cute. And then next thing you know, you're all at a bar together. Um, you have to go to, lo- you have to like make plans to go places. Everyone kind of stays in their house. 
I just think in general, LA is a great place to be if you're in a relationship, but not if you're single. Mm-hmm. Um, do you do you have dreams and aspirations of going to LA? Oh, absolutely not. I hate the West Coast. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I am I'm East Coast through and through. I love I, it. I was gonna ask you, are you which which is the best coast, East Coast or East West Coast, Coast? Obviously, yeah, of course. East I Coast. mean, I don't know. You were there. You went to school there. You stayed there. Only because the film business, you know, yeah, is, the is film industry is completely there. But you brought it back to New York. You found a way to do that. So, congrats. Yes, which is the, <laughs> which is the ironic thing because I had spent so much time in New York, in LA, thinking that's where I had to be for the film business. And then the second I came back, I was able to like manifest that dream of making a movie. And any any idea when the movie's gonna maybe come out? I mean, I would love for it to come out in the fall. It's got a very fall vibe to it. Mm, cuffing and season vibes. Has a cuffing season vibe. Exactly, <laughs> cuffing season vibes. Knock on wood, like I see a world where maybe October, November, the movie is able to be available, which I would love nothing more than just have that one weekend where it's a talked about movie and then it's on the Netflix library and you can go visit it whenever you want. But, you know. I mean, that's super exciting. I'm excited to hopefully watch it in, you know, October or whenever it does come out and definitely post it on our uh, podcast Instagram when it does. But when, like, okay, so going back to your dating life. Yes. And the things that you've learned in the relationships that you've been in, um, what are sort of some red flags for you? Because you're somebody who works a lot, so yeah. you don't really have time to waste. Red flags is a good question. Gosh, there's no like, there's here's the thing. I know like a lot of people have like basic elemental red flags, like um, doesn't have a job or, which by the way, I don't have a job technically. I feel like uh, most people after this won't have a job. So yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Six million people do not have jobs as of like mm-hmm. yesterday. So um you know, uh, uh, talks about their ex on the first date. I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think like it's fun to talk about that kind of stuff. I always like getting like the relationship. I like talking about stuff that's interesting and like kind of pokes, you know, pokes at the at the at the stuff we don't want to be talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, my red flags are really, I think, people who, if I sense any sort of like projection, I like think it's a red flag. People who project something that's bothering them into something else people who are judgmental in any in any negative way of anyone else um people who obviously talk about themselves constantly i went on a date once and listen i i try to be very careful of that i'm never going to just talk about myself unless somebody asks about something because especially in my job all i have to do is like pitch myself Mm -hmm. so but like i went on a date once with somebody who literally did not shut up about talking about themselves for 45 minutes and then I, they were like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm just blabbing all about myself. Tell me about this. And I, I was like, oh, I, I almost think that they're joking because, like, you know, because and, and then they just went back to talking about their like, grandmother and, them, and their own story. And I was like, I just sat there and nodded. And I was like, now I know how a lot of women feel when I hear that they think that guys, all they do is talk about themselves. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's just a red flag for me. That's something I, I it's a two way conversation. Now, I, I love hearing about other people's lives. So like a lot of the time it's like, I will just keep asking questions. And I mean that in a good way because I'm, I'm genuinely curious, but um, red flags. Yeah. I don't know if there's anything major beyond like the one thing I really don't like. And again, projecting probably on my end, but like, I don't like when people get mad that like you got to cancel or push plans. Mm-hmm. And I know, and I know it's like, well, you're being flaky and like you have to value my time. Like, yeah, but if, if we move a date, from two week from two days out and we're moving that date or that's fine. Yeah, like but like I would get I would fall into a trap of having to do that sometimes. And I people uh-huh. who get mad about that kind of thing or it's like make you feel bad, I'm like, this isn't a fucking thing. This is not a thing we need to get upset about. It's not a thing that we need to waste our emotional energy about. So again, maybe I need to do a better job of making plans and sticking with them. But at the same time I mean a lot so a lot of people have demanding work schedules. Obviously you're one of them. And especially when you're in a creative field, like making a movie or whatnot, you're, the work is never done because you can always keep working on something until 100%. like you're, you're your own biggest critic. It's only done when you say it's done really. And that's an impossible, like you don't have timelines. Like 
say somebody who's a banker works a ton of hours, but they have, they usually have cutoff times. When you're an artist or you're a creator, you don't have those cutoff times. So it's impossible for there to be like delineation between like my off time and my on time. So I totally get that. But have you sort of figured out how to balance a relationship when being really busy? No, I haven't. Have you? (laughs) (laughs) No, I honestly, I, when I'm doing my own thing, I'm doing my own thing. I'm not focused on dating at all. Like that's just sort of, that's probably why at this point, like I've been single for as long as I have been because I just am doing my own thing, you know? I, but, and that me, that's, that's the way I feel too. And it's, I think the thing I've figured out is, okay, just commit to that and be okay with that. Like, I, mm-hmm. I don't think right now, like that's, I don't really know what a relationship would look like right now in my life. So I think that's something I've just sort of owned up to and embraced. Mm-hmm. And what about green flags? Are there any things that, mm. like, things that you've seen on dates or experiences that you've had that have really been like yeah this person's awesome or I could really see myself vibing with them I like people who go with the flow um and people who encourage if we're encouraging each other you know like um being supportive and encouraging I think is like the most basic broad terms of things like those are the two things I think I noticed where I'm like that's an awesome green flag or you know someone who has a good group of friends is always a green flag too um, somebody who self-awareness and these are all like broad things, but if you know it, you know it type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a type? No, I do not. I do not. Have a type. You, you don't at all. Um, do I have a type? Do you believe in types? I do believe in types. I mean, I'm sure if you look at a lot of the people I like I'm talking to or dated, it's like, there's a clear correlation. I think people who are creative and who I don't have a type, but here's, what I do know people who are creative in some capacity could be anyway. Mm-hmm. If you can be creative in a job, that's not necessarily creative, but you find the creativity in that. Also people who are passionate about something, I don't care what it is, but I think anyone who's passionate about anything is, um, is fits into the Jonah type. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're on Hinge and you're swiping. What gets you to swipe right on someone? Usually that third picture where like someone's holding their phone in their hand and they're pointing it into a mirror and it's like half their face and it's like a cracked mirror screen, which mm-hmm. I also have joked about. But like, what gets me? It's, I think people who, um, honestly, like the more, the less serious the answer is, I hate to say it, the more I'm inclined to swipe right. Mm-hmm. And pictures that feel authentic to who the person is. If it's like clearly a photo that has like any sort of filter or any sort of like work on it, that's not sincere. And any sort of answers that are like perfectly, and this is kind of, this is obviously the kind of person I'm looking for, but anyone who answers the question with like perfect caps and grammar and periods and like very sincerely, that's not my vibe. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> which I realize is there's a lot of listeners who are like, all right, that's weird. And that is, it is weird, but that's my type, I guess. People who don't take themselves too seriously. People who don't use proper punctuation and grammar. Honestly, yeah, because it's a, to me that speaks, oh, you know grammar so well that you don't have to abide by the rules. That's my excuse. Well, what about, what about the, the, they, the there, there, there debate? People mm. say, you know, if somebody doesn't know which there is the right there to use, it's a major red flag. Well, it's that one we all know at this point. <laughs> They are, if there's an apostrophe, if it's, right? That's that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, you're close. You're close. You're getting there. Something to do with that. Is there any advice that you would give yourself, you know, five, six years ago that Jonah now wants to tell Jonah back then? Oh, I love that. That's a great question. Yeah, I think in context of dating or in context of life? I guess both. Well, in dating, in five or six years ago, in dating, I would say, move to New York. (laughs) Um, And in life, I would say, move to New York. So that's actually very, that's actually very, uh, very sort of deep as I'm looking back at that. But anyone who's listening, I think if you have the urge to do something, and you've thought about it for long enough, that you keep thinking about it, and this could be anything, starting that podcast, asking that person out, breaking up with them, moving to New York. 
I think that that's, you should do it. And the longer, after you've affirmative, after you've made it canon in your mind, that should be the, the trust that you need to go and do it. Wise, I, I, wise words. I'm, I'm just trying to be wise here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we do a little segment at the end of every episode called Shots, where oh. I'm going to ask you rapid fire questions. They're just this or that questions. So are you ready to take some shots? Let's take some shots. Let's do it. I'm, right, going, up. I'm going both headsets in. Let's go. Okay. Early bird or night owl? Oh, sorry. These are first to people I'm looking for or for me? This is for you. Early bird. Shoes or jackets? Jackets. iPhone or Android? iPhone. Come on. <laughs> TikTok or Instagram? Instagram. Really? You're a filmmaker and you don't like TikTok as much I as like Instagram? TikTok. I like TikTok, but here's my thing. I made, I made one TikTok and then Noah Centino stole my joke and it blew up. And I think TikTok is just people stealing each other's fucking ideas. I mean, TikTok is like on a, on a, there is a hot take about TikTok and it's, um, it's, not like a melting pot of ideas. It's like basically seeing somebody else do something you think is good and then you doing it and going viral and that person not getting credit. And I hate nothing more than people stealing ideas. I think everyone, like nothing is original on TikTok. Nope, mm-hmm. that random person in Iowa who lives in that awesome house isn't coming up with this high level comedic material. They're ripping it from other people and just pumping it into their followers. So I'm like, TikTok's a fucking ripoff. It's entertaining to watch, don't get me wrong. But uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot wrong with TikTok on the. Well, what was the joke that Noah Centineo ripped off? Noah Centineo ripped off my bit about Friday calls. It was like, hey guys, thanks so much. Just want to wrap up this call. Have a good weekend. Okay, bye. Have a, okay, have a good weekend. Okay, cool. It's like how you sign off a phone call. Mm-hmm. And he stole it. He stole it from me because I did it. And then two, <laughs> and I had had the joke on Instagram. Then two days later, on like the it was like a for you page. But two days later, he did the exact same thing in his car. And I was like, there's no fucking way this guy, we all of a sudden aligned with this sense of humor. And because you can see people on your For You page, random people pop up. Yeah. So in my mind, I pop up in Noah's page. He ripped it. It happened. I mean, I've seen people make videos about them getting ripped off by larger creators. And then they, you know, they go viral. So maybe just, that's your next move. <laughs> it may be. It's, I appreciate the support. That's a good idea, actually. <laughs> okay, Zoom or FaceTime? Zoom. Okay. I like Zoom. Zoom is fun. Zoom, Zoom is fun. For some reason, I feel FaceTime is more intimate. I don't know why. That is interesting. The subtext. I don't, I, I guess it's maybe because there's more of like a context that comes with FaceTiming. I mean, do you want to FT has a con, has like, we've heard that, you know, that, that means something. Maybe huh. do you want to Zoom? is like a work business thing. It's like LinkedIn exactly. versus, it's like LinkedIn versus, it's like a LinkedIn message versus a DM, you know, mm-hmm. technically the same thing, but at the same time, very different connotations. Different connotations. All right. Money or fame? Probably money. Okay. Yeah, money. <laughs> what do you pick on that one? Money. Yeah. Money. Let's take some Cause money. Like, you could, you could get, make money from being famous, but really depends on what you're famous for. Exactly. What kind of fame are we talking about that? But money yeah. is money. Money is always going to be money. Exactly. Uh, spicy or mild? Mild. Socks or house slippers? Socks. <laughs> coffee date or drink date? Drink date. For me, it's always about a drink date. I, I can't do coffee dates. It's drinks first. <laughs> drinks first. Drinks first. Then, yeah, exactly. This is drinks first. Mm-hmm. Not coffee first. <laughs> Not coffee your, first. Your rival podcast, who we will not ever talk to. No, never. Um, okay. And if you had a boat, what would you name it? Probably name it Birdie after the dog. That's HMS cute. HMS Birdie. HMS Birdie. All right, Jonah, where can people find you? You can find me on the internet at, uh, I think my Instagram is the most accurate place for communication these days there's like videos and stuff up there and obviously i enjoy making little stories you'll see my dog birdie that you were hearing earlier um and that's just my name jonah feingold on instagram and 
Yeah. And what about uh, your podcast? My podcast, Dating Sucks, can be found on the Dating Sucks Instagram uh, or on Spotify or iTunes or on Hinge's page. Can't really miss it. Uh, we will try to definitely get you guys to listen to it. If you are following me, I will advertise it. And it's a really fun podcast. And I think it's a great, you can just sort of start from episode one and just go through them because there is a slight narrative that exists there between Alana and I. And there's some really practical tips on online dating that I think we get into. So really definitely worth a listen. Well, I appreciate you having me on here. You're an amazing host. You got uh, a great brand going and I'm excited to see this charting on the relationship page sometime soon, I'm sure for you. I mean, fingers crossed. I really hope you enjoyed this episode with Jonah. He is so great to record with. If you've been enjoying my guests on Cocktail Hour, a lot of them have also been on a podcast called Solace and the City, run by my friend Zoe. Solace and the City is a young professional's guide to finding comfort in the chaos of New York and feeling less alone. She talks a lot about mental health and having authentic conversations with people, and I really think it's worth a listen, especially in this time where mental health in quarantine is so important. So go check her out, and if you guys liked this podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, give it five stars, and you can find us at drinks.first on Instagram and at drinksfirst on TikTok, drinksfirstpodcast at gmail.com, and you can find me, your host, Ariana Nathani, at... Ariana Nathani28 on Instagram and at Ariana Nathani on TikTok. Go follow me there before I'm huge because, you know, it might happen one day. All right. See ya.